Hello all. Due to the holidays coming up and the various tribulations of getting some of our hosts together, please just be aware that for the near future, Journey Through the Decacast will be moving not to a Saturday exclusive release schedule, but during the weekend. Thank you very much, and this is specifically so I do not have to try and murder myself trying to get our edits done in about two hours sometimes. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Kamen Rider retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. And I'm Norman Reedus. And no, this I'm, week... I'm, oh. I'm, I'm actually Chris Hughes. Okay. Hi, Chris. Hi. And this week we watched uh, episodes 35 and 36 of Kamen Rider Kiva. Yep, yep. The uh, Kiva duo of uh, the show. Uh, Garrett, what what the heck happens to Wataru at the end of uh, Kiva that he doesn't show up in this? I wanted to see future Wataru. I mean, you've seen future Wataru in Decade. Okay. But, like, I, future Wataru, like, interacting with, uh, with Sogo sounded like it would be extremely adorable. They both have weird personalities that I thought would play off each other cutely. Possibly. Yeah, the only one who comes back is that Jiro guy. Yeah, yeah, Jiro. And I guess also the other two monster people, but we don't see their human form, so it doesn't, like, super count. It kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really... The fact that Jiro's the only one we see makes it seem like he's the only one of them that's real. Right. But, like, also, like, I mean, Jiro's, like, more of a thing in Kiva, just but, as yeah, well. they did also give him more personality in the Kiva we've seen so far, so. Yeah. I mean, like, he was an Ixa user for a while, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, when you said that this had some of the same problems of Kiva, I was like, oh god, is Gates gonna become a horrendous shithead for this two, two episodes for a little bit? <sighs> Thank God there there's no Nago in these episodes, and <laughs> truly, it is the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that no one is Nago. Instead, Gates just laughs at uh at Sogo's extremely thin romance subplot and makes fun of him for being childish. Uh, do, do you think that like means that like Gates is like secretly super into like shoujo romance manga and is definitely <laughs> judging him? I would not be surprised. Like, do you think they had like a future book, a uh, future manga club where that's what they read? <laughs> I did. Uh, I did think it was pretty great in Code Vein how Lewis is always incredibly excited when you find manga in the apocalypse <laughs> he just assumed it was all gone and every little drop of manga he can get is like a fucking treasure to him that was a good touch oh, that's so good i mean really that's just like the post-apocalyptic version of being a child and not having income to buy manga so the ones that you get are very important <laughs> even if it's like volume eight of a series yes Man, did I tell you about the day where my comic book shop just had, like, a whole shit ton of old Tokyopop manga out? 
Oh, yeah? Just clearing out, like, a backlog or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun when you can, like, find, uh, like, old stuff for sale cheap. I think we've finally completed our collection of Karikano, because we, <laughs> we were... It doesn't seem like they're ever going to reprint it, so we've been, like, digging around on the internet and stuff for a while, trying to find reasonable prices on the back, you know, the old printing. Which is easier said than done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let's, uh, we should start in on a recap of episode 35. Um, I mean, Gingo shows up, they fight Gingo for a bit, and, and the episode's over. The the intro to this episode is uh super different than Kiva intros usually or Zio intros usually are. So it's... So when I said like these episodes are extremely Kiva, it's also uh-huh. because they're written by Inoue as well, who wrote Kiva. Oh yeah. Yeah, I see that. I it has a lot of the stuff I like. But yeah, it's definitely like some stuff just doesn't work and you just kind of have to deal with that. Yeah. So so when I was watching Kiva today, spoilers, I was also watching Kiva because we weren't super sure what we were recording. Um, I, I, I've come to the conclusion that like I like a lot of the tri- a, lot, a lot of like the directorial and writing tricks that Kiva does. It's just they don't use them on the right things. Hmm. Like we the... will explore this next time we talk about Kiva, but that does sound plausible. Because y'all, like, a lot of the character stuff, like, kind of works for me, too. But then, like, they kneecap themselves sometimes. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I think, like, the fundamentals or, like, the the blueprint of it is really good. But the details and execution aren't. Yeah, yeah, that happens sometimes. Okay, so so episode thirty-five it opens in a police like um like in in a visitation room like mm-hmm. a prison visitation room. Uh, I recognize this from Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. This is what visitation rooms look like in that game. Were Were you just like laughing every time she was like guilty? She does the you're guilty and does the finger point thing. It yeah, it's pretty great, but yeah, it seems like there's some sort of sad story going on initially here because uh, she's like, oh, we're gonna be split up, and uh, you know, I I feel bad about this because I'm innocent, and he's like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. Sorry. Uh, I mean, there is a sad story to... there, Chris. <laughs> well, yeah, but the sad story is she murdered a lady. And he didn't do anything. So, uh, it's a very one-sided sad story. Well, I mean, it's sad that he witnessed someone he was dating be murdered. No, no, that's what I mean. It's sad for him. I mean, she's she's kind of just suffering the consequences of her, own, her actions. Just regular-like. But, like, so, it brings up that, that, like, she believes her lies, and isn't that really tragic in itself? I mean, it is kind of, because that implies some sort of, like, mental health issue with, like, I don't know if it's, like, a confabulation thing. I know that if you get, like, like if you're a severe alcoholic, that can happen to you, where you'll just, like, start making up lies that you actually believe, but, um, I don't know. 
it, it's just kind of a dramatic device in this in this uh, episode more than anything. So they can have a tragic villain character. Yeah, I don't think she's know. particularly tragic though. Um, not particularly. No, not really. So, like, you know, par for the course with Kiva. Uh, I did the scene where she like is in the like it cuts from the the visitation room to the jail cell that she's in, and she's like, uh, railing against the bars and like screaming about how unfair this all is. Isn't there also like a fence there too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, it's so a pretty, it's a pretty dramatic looking scene. Like the actress actually puts a lot into this part. I think she puts a lot more into it than is on the script, honestly. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, stay with me with this one. Doesn't the part with the chain link fence remind you of that one part in the Gaim opening? Um. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was took me a minute to remember which part in the Gaim opening we were talking about, but yeah. The, the part with the I fence. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, the fence works. With the lax seeds, yeah. Yes, that that is bizarrely similar. Uh, also, for some reason, there are two giant like dictionaries of Japanese legal codes in her cell, and they're like the only feature in an otherwise like totally empty cell. So, which is a good visual, but doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I mean, I don't know how prisons work, so. Got me. I, I don't think they locked you in there with legal codes, just so that it's more ironic. Well, I, I think, like, the legal codes are, like, something she checked out from the jail library to read up on the thing so she can change the justice system. Plausible? Yeah, and when the camera reverses to the other, to, like, a an inward shot of the cell, like, there's actually stuff in there. It's just, like... I like the shot of when it's it's out, it's shooting out with her against the bars, and that's like the only thing you see in the room. It's a good direction there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Aura sh- or no, Aura shows up and uh, says your rage is beautiful, and turns her into another Kiva. Yep. Uh, another Kiva is fucking awesome. It's super good. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it- got visual elements of Kiva. And, like, the face and chest areas have some of the Fangire, uh, like, netting lattice with uh, the stained glass effect. And she's got a cape, too, that's attached to her chest with, like, rose epaulets. It's it's the best design. I really like it. I don't know if it's the best design, but I, I like it. I think it's my favorite another writer design so far. Okay. It's uh, just now hitting me that we get we totally got blue balled with the Kiva Ride Watch armor. Oh yeah, we never see the Kiva Ride Watch armor either, which super made me upset. So you know, I wonder if we actually that. see that in the show. Uh, I, I mean, he's got to use it at some point, right? Does he? I I don't know. <laughs> if they don't, I guess that would be weird. I mean, I assume they planned to have it. Maybe, like, the prop was bad or something, and they cut it. Maybe. I don't know. They they kept, like, all those Kiva suits in pretty good condition. Are these... St- these aren't still the original Kiva companion... Okay, because the last shot of the intro is 
another Kiva walking down an alley in the rain with the three Kiva monsters, the the servant monsters behind her, uh, right. which is extremely cool looking. Yes. Uh, also kind of looks like something from that Backstreet's Back video. <laughs> uh, which I'm super into. Uh, but um, I, I definitely, when I looked at these guys, I I thought that they were, they they weren't quite the original costumes. It looks like they've got some extra stuff on them. At least the, mer- the merman guy and the wolf guy do. Maybe. They look super similar. Because I think the merman guy, I think, like, his shoulders and his little, like, chest, ri- his, uh, his neck ridge thing are bigger, and I think wolf guy is spikier, and he's got, like, a, like, a fur tail thing on his head. He, I know, that fur tail thing's there in, in the original Kiva, yeah. Okay, okay, well, maybe I just haven't noticed it the whole time. Is also, the last guy a golem, or, or what is he? He's Frankenstein. Oh, okay, that makes sense. He comes See, up he... in these episodes we were going to do instead, actually. <laughs> he he totally reads like a golem to me, which I thought was like kind of a cool thing to have as the third monster in the menagerie. But yeah, so yeah, it's Wolfman, Merman, and Frankenstein, or I guess Frankenstein's monster, if you want to get technical. I mean, I guess Frankenstein's monster is kind of like is a flesh golem, so eh, also thing. true. But he looks like he's made out of rocks. Also, I super hate to break it to you, Kiva armor does not show up. Kiva armor never shows up. No, I'm looking at the wiki, and there's no appearance listing for it, and the picture they have for it is one of the toys. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's... And it's weird. kind of a lame armor. Kiva armor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up on Google Image real quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually kind of lame. I bet they developed it and then cut it, because it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Um... Yeah, compared to the usual armors, that's super lame looking. Yeah, it it, it looks kind of just like the Kuga armor with uh with the Kavat wings stuck on the shoulders. It kind of does look like the Kuva ar- the the Kuga armor. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, I'm a. I mean, I don't know if there was a technical reason for this, but this definitely seems to me like they would have included it if. Like, they had a better prop or something for it. Maybe. Also, like, you're getting near the end of the show, you have other forms to do. Yeah, and now they're introducing the possibility of just, like, random shit showing up from space. So, you know. I mean, I'm super into random shit showing up from space. (laughs) I I don't dislike it, it's just very different than what has been happening in the show so far. I mean, it's kind of just like Future Future Writer Part 4. Eh, eh. I, it definitely makes uh, well at the end of the second episode or I guess halfway through the, end of the second episode when uh, it becomes obvious that Swartz had like wanted to take this guy's power as a ride watch and use it like it definitely made me be like well he probably caused this then right also probably true cause like it seems like every time we find out about some weird thing that's going on there's, like, a hint that Swartz did it. That's true. So, yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot about the la- the actual last scene before they go to the intro in episode 35 is, uh, has Swanpo's senpai. It's nice to see him get work again after Digimon. <sighs> I, 
Did you not think that was funny? I'm sorry. I thought it was funny. It it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> it sounds so disappointing. I, I don't have to like it, but I, I do have to admit it was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, Waz is uh spying on people on a date while riding in a pedal swan boat. Well the the keywords was uh first love. Yes, yes. Which uh, I, I, okay, I don't so, remember where keywords came from. I think he did it in the past. I just can't remember it. I don't think he's done the keyword thing. I so, don't remember him ever doing that before. Keywords is like it's an extremely double thing from Common Rider Double. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to be like, you're gonna have to explain the other thing, but you meant Common Rider Double. Yeah, my bad. I I, I know that's weird because like it's. It's written like a W, but it's pronounced double. <laughs> okay, so after the intro, everyone is having apple cobbler slash pie. It looks it, really good. It does look super good, and it's a major running motif of these two episodes in addition to everything else going on. Yeah, there's like a weird thing where apparently Tsukiyomi only really likes spicy food except for this cobbler. Right, right. Uh, it also made me wonder, um, so is it a cultural thing that people don't know how to eat pie without getting it all over their damn faces, or is that just these four people? Um, I think it's just, it's so good. <laughs> I think. Unsure. Yeah. But yeah, Uncle is super hyped about having developed the best cobbler apple pie thing. Yeah. Good job out of him. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sogo brings up that it tastes like, uh, first love, I think is what he, he says. Yeah. And her boy's yeah. like, what? Sogo, you, you were like <laughs> mentally 10. You don't know about love. <laughs> Gates just, Gates gives Sogo a lot of shit in these two episodes. I mean, I also feel like he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Sogo is pretty emotionally immature. That's kind of his defining feature. But, like, he's really, like, emotionally sensitive at the same time. Right. I mean, being immature and being sensitive are, like, not... Oh, you mean, like, sensitive to other people. I gotcha. Right. I meant, like, in the fact that he is able to pick up on others' emotions like very like well. Like, empathetic. Yes. Like, he, he's, bizarre, he's bizarrely empathetic a lot of the time. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, uh, G- Gates does not buy that Sogo's ever been in love. And I really do love the uh, expression that Sogo's actor throws back at him with, Ah, oh, what a strange question, of course I have. And he tries to look like mature and cool when he says it, which is really funny on this guy. Yeah, I was into it. Uh, he proceeds to tell a story about how one time he was in elementary school and he skinned his knee. And uh, a a girl came by and put a bandage on it, and then he played with her for a couple hours, and that was his first love. Yep. That that's it. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and, and Gates is like, "Oh, suspicion confirmed." <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of on Team Gates. No, yeah, I mean he's not wrong here. <laughs> Usually he's being a dick to Sogo, but he's basically got him right this time. 
Gates has gone through the transformation of instead of just like coming up with like insults, he's doing like the friendly insults that are true. Right. Instead of barely suppressed rage, he's taken that emotional energy and invested it in sarcasm. Which I can appreciate. Right, right. Very relatable. Uh, I I do like how uh, Waz also has the line in here about Don't worry about it, Overlord. Soon women will be falling at your feet. I, possibly? Uh, definitely made me wonder, like, really? Is that really gonna happen? Like, we haven't I, heard I, anything about, like, a queen in, in the I dark mean, future. It didn't seem like Omazeo had a girlfriend or anything, so... Uh... I think Waz might be overpromising here. Uh, maybe. Okay, so uh, next thing that is, oh yeah, th- the guy shows up looking to get an actual clock repaired and is a uh, like, like, oh, this appears to be a cafe. My mistake. And Uncle <laughs> has to be like, no, 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 no. Of course, it's a clock shop. I fix watches here. So I I realized like when we were talking about this episode now is um that won't get resolved because he's dead. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. He totally died. I I was really surprised they didn't like reverse this death or explore it or anything. But yeah, yeah, it just kind of happens. Yeah, well you know, Kiva kills people. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a cut after that character is introduced, and we see the lady who was in jail and is now another Kiva. She's getting, like, uh, like a bunch of beauty work done. She has, like, a face, facial mask done, gets her hair cut, buys a new dress. She looks very attractive, actually. Yes. I mean, y- you gotta look good to be queen. Right, right. Which is her reasoning. She has to, she has to look good if she's gonna be queen and change the laws of this accursed world. Which, like, okay, sure. Yep. Uh, Aura says, uh, like, you two have been so focused on the gender of our ruler. Yeah, because I, I, had, I hadn't really noticed, but yeah, I, I guess this is the first person they've... Yeah. The, that isn't a guy that they've done. That's true. I, I don't know if they were really focused on the gender, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean I... Now, that, now that they raise the, the point, like... I normally would have just been like, well, I mean, I guess the original writers were all guys, so I guess it makes sense that there are other forms would be guys. But yeah, if they're not going to stick to that, then like, why the hell have they been sticking to that up until this point? Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Um, I, w- I wish it worked out better, but... Yeah, yeah. They should have had more female antagonists, probably. Womp womp. Uh, okay, yeah, the guy getting his uh, clock repaired back at the shop, he is a defense attorney. Uh, yep. There, he is, he's, uh, oh yeah, his, his watch he got as a souvenir the first time he got, he was able to get somebody off as being innocent. And he tells, he's like, oh, there are people I haven't been able to prove were innocent, though, even though I knew that they were. And so, clearly we're supposed to be thinking about the the queen lady, even like it, this is supposed to clue us into like oh maybe she is innocent well, maybe yeah i mean not. he does like say like oh like that poor girl for example right which 
he must just be talking about some random ass person. Because... Uh, yeah, it seems pretty cut and dry. What happened? Yeah, he's he, he's got to be talking about some random thing that everyone around him just misinterprets, because and he doesn't feel like collaborating on it. I mean, and that's what you'd get for reading into people's like one off utterances too much. I I I feel like they've been trained to do that though. <laughs> It's true. Almost any time anyone says something, it is generally plot important. Oh, oh, the next bit's when the she puts her, her foot on the, the hood of his car. Isn't that the next bit? Oh, yep, that happens. Because then he can... He, the lawyer guy conveniently left his wallet at the shop, and Sogo's like, I'm gonna bring the wallet. Right, right, yeah. But yeah, Queen Lady is waiting as he drives out of the parking garage, and like, she like steps on the hood of his car. Right. Uh, and he's like, "That's dangerous. You could have died and stuff." Uh, I mean, he doesn't know that she has superpowers now. Not yet. Wait. Also, there's like a thing where like even before she had the superpower of super smell, <laughs> she also yeah she's always had super manhole hitting people with ability. Oh, man, I was wondering when that was going to come up, because that's, like, a recurring theme. Uh, right. I mean, she does it a few times, and I'm just like, oh, I guess it makes sense if it's just, like, a thing that she was using, because she was near one a couple times. I mean, they're sturdy. But no, apparently she really likes manhole covers. It's it like was, like, thing. three or four times that it happened, and it was great every time. Right. The first two times just seemed like a coincidence, but after that, it becomes kind of great as a visual motif. Yeah, I'm pretty into it. But yeah, she yells at this guy for being guilty, turns into another Kiva, and starts, like, assaulting him. Right. Uh, this is when Sogo shows up and uh, turns into Zio to try and keep the guy from being murdered. Because, you know, that's his job. Yep. And then he gets beat up or something, and he ends up in, like, the same position as his flashback. Right. I mean, she was... um. Yeah, he he's doing okay against her, but she like summons in the monsters oh, yeah. really all quickly, the, and yeah, all the monsters show up, and then he gets overpowered, and the like. Yeah, he doesn't do great four on one. Right. So she's also doing this thing like uh, that's pretty. I, I really like this as like a fight gimmick where whenever he does actually hit one of these guys, they turn into their weapon form and fly into her hands, and then she attacks him with the weapon. Right. So that's pretty cool. So, so I feel like at some point we're going to have to talk, talk about Sogo's kink here, because it's, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Oh, uh, yeah, Sogo has uh, a mommy kink. I, I, is it that, or is it more of, like, a weird dominatrix thing? A femdom thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the two, possibly both. I mean, it's definitely, like, an older woman thing. He, yeah, because he's, he's got a thing going on for being, you know, treated... In, uh, like a child. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> you know, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, I guess, like, does Sogo have, like, an Arrested Development thing going on? Because, like, his parents died young, and, like, he hasn't, like, really emotionally aged that much beyond that point. Is this gonna be, like, a really insightful character study when we get through it all? <laughs> but I kind of doubt it. I mean... You can probably make of it what you will. I think it, yeah, it's probably there. 
like if you try really hard and squint a little bit, it's there. You could probably find it. I don't think it's intended. (laughs) It might be intended. I don't know if it's fully explored in, like, the way you should explore something like that if you're going for it. But, you know, it's probably on the page a little bit. Right. So that's uh, a weird thing that just happens these two episodes. Right, right. (laughs) I I guess it's just kind of been happening through other parts of the show, but yeah, this definitely uh, highlights that aspect of his personality. Uh, Okay, so yeah, she she beats up Sogo, does the like, oh, you're so cute thing, and then uh, goes and has a confrontation with Aura, because Aura's like, hey, you're not doing your job. Um... What does she want, exactly want her to do? Just kill uh, kill Sogo? No, she, Aura's just like, hey, you're doing a great job. I really love what you're doing. And she's like, I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm going to be queen. You're just a stepping stone. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And then like, she uh, yeah, pulls Yeah, your mission a, is totally irrelevant to her. And then she gets a manhole cover and throws it at Aura. And like it does like the anime cut the cheek thing. <laughs> Right, right. I, I really like, because she, sla- she slaps Aura, and Aura, like, the hit, the slap doesn't hit her. Time freezes and she, like, moves out of the way. And, uh, so, not to be deterred, Queen Lady is apparently, it's stand- I guess she strategically places herself near manhole covers, just in case she needs one. Kicks it in with her, like, she, she pushes it down with her high heel, and... Yeah, she slices Aura's cheek with it. The first of many times that she will use a manhole cover as a weapon. God, that's so weird. <laughs> it, I'm not sure if I'm doing a good job of explaining, like, it's, it is really kind of great how it just seems like a, like a happenstance thing initially, and then you realize, like, no, hitting people with manhole covers is an integral part of who this lady is. That, just, that's her It's kink. a very common writer in, like, a funny way. It, it, it's really good. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I think it's pretty great. Um, oh, also, this is the bit where uh, Ur, Ur and Schwartz were, like, watching this interchange happen, and they're, like... Are you talking huh? about the ice cream eating? Yes, they're, okay. they're like, suggestively eating ice cream. Schwartz... After Swartz says that she's a very aggressive woman, he, like, really goes at his ice cream cone for a minute there. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) That's a thing that happens. so weird. (laughs) It's, uh, it's not subtle, exactly. No. I'm just gonna keep saying it. These episodes are so Kiva. (laughs) Yeah, right down to, like, the uh, the lighting is a lot more orange than usual, you know? That's a thing in Kiva. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of, like, the camera shot stuff was kind of mimicked from Kiva, too. I, I think they've done that a little bit sometimes with some of the other writer shows, like, them mimicking some of the, the camera work, but a lot of, like, the other shows I haven't known as well, generally. Right, I mean, it could it just out. be sticking out more because we're also in the middle of Kiva. Kiva is genuinely more distinctive than some of the others too that's also true like as much as we've complained about kiva some of the stuff kiva does like when they made kiva they had like a vision they had a very specific thing they wanted to do when they made that show clearly yes 
it's very true. Um. Okay. So what's what's the next bit? I, isn't this when they start figuring out like, oh, she probably did do that murder? No, we don't even fig- we don't even figure that out till like the next episode. Right. Right. Yeah. They, I think the police just start releasing information about her. Yeah. And uh Sogo's just like, she definitely didn't do it. And this is when Gates is like, We we have time machines, but I'm just gonna go back and check. And then Sogo remembers his his flashback that he had about her past like boyfriend thing, because that's a thing that happened. Oh, I I this is also when Gates introduces uh mocking Sogo by calling him a kitty, his kitty love. Oh, and then Uncle keeps doing cat puns for the rest of these this arc? Yes, yes. He makes cat puns because everyone is joking about uh his immature kitty love. Kitty cat love story. Yeah, I, I thought that's I thought you usually use puppies for that though. Um, I mean I'm guessing it's different in Japanese than it is in English. That's probably true. P- puppy love is a is a thing in English, but yeah, I'm assuming that's a metaphor that doesn't translate exactly. Fair enough. I, I do like this next scene that's coming up, because it's set in Café Moldemore, which the d- the decor is very different than last yeah. time we saw this place. Yeah, the coffee sucks there now. Yeah, and Jiro is uh, sitting at the bar, having a cup of coffee, and waxing poetic about how this place used to serve the best coffee in the world, and now it serves the worst fucking coffee ever. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Uh, also, he like sees the, the he, he reveals that he has seen the future in this bit. So I guess that's a thing that the servant monsters can do. Yeah. Fuck it. Sure. I mean, I I guess I know that Kiva travels to the future or something, or exists outside of time, or whatever the fuck was going on in Kamen Rider Decade. Yeah. Fuck it. Sure. Uh. So yeah, maybe maybe the monsters have some of that power too. I do like when, for the conclusion of the scene, he says, I'm just a lone wolf, rambling to myself. Because he's a wolf, get it? (laughs) And in case that wasn't not subtle enough, then the camera focuses to the background, where there's a, uh, it's like a framed mirror slash uh, stained glass effect of roses, and in the mirror is his wolf form. Okay. Because he's a wolf. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm gonna defend this. (laughs) I have two ways I'm going to defend this. The I, first I don't way, think it's actually bad. It's just incredibly on the nose. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to point out that A, Kiva itself does that. That's true. That's and true, yes. B, this is 11 years after Kiva, so the true. target audience that's probably watching it wouldn't. A lot of people watching this have not seen Kiva or watched like that far in Kiva to see that he is the wolf guy. Yep. Okay, so back with uh, Queen. She is... She meets up with the the former prosecutor guy. He's sitting in a suit and fishing off a pier. And apparently he's, like, down on his luck. Because, like, his family left him. And he has a cat that doesn't like him. And she picks this all up from... She she like doctor houses this guy and yeah, just tells kind him of. he sucks and stuff. Yep. Uh then she insists that he is also guilty. But uh it's fight time. Right. Yeah. Sogo and Gates come. 
I think this is where Sogo had like his premonition about like her past boyfriend person. He has it somewhere. I don't remember where. Yeah, I think that happens in here. And then but um, she explains her back. She explains her motivation to him here, where she she wants to become a queen so she can change the unjust laws of this world. Right. And Sogo's like, oh, that's not that's not a bad idea. Yeah, th- that sounds like a good thing. Uh, I guess Gates didn't take off of the time machine yet to go to the yeah. That happens next episode, and yeah, he's like, a- that that's not a good reason to kill people, actually. Yeah, he he thinks uh, political change by way of murder is bad. So uh, you know, he he is not incorrect all of the time. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, this is... The, oh, okay, so while they're having this conversation, Aura is randomly there and shoots, like, a time bullet at the Queen Lady? Yeah, time bullets are a thing. Yeah, they've done this a few times before. It's not... They don't do it often, but occasionally they'll, sh- they'll like, compress their time field and fire it as a projectile weapon. I think that's what the visuals are supposed to convey. I assume it's probably, like, airbending. It seems more dangerous than that, but Air, also bullets. it can be blocked by manhole covers, which she is standing near another one of and picks up to use as a shield against the time field. I I love it so much. <laughs> it, it's like it's like the one thing I love in these episodes. It's really good, yeah. Gates is like, okay, Sogo, let's turn into writers and and fight, and uh, then Sogo just. He clicks his watch and just kind of stands there for a while while Gates gets beat up by all the monsters. And the, yeah, and then and then Ginga happens. Right. Yeah. Then the show goes totally off the rails. Yep. It it, it makes no sense. I don't I don't know why it's here, but I think it's more interesting than like the main plot. Um. I my theory so far is that. Okay, they basically... Ex- oh, oh, oh. Okay, Ginga is like the a force from outside our universe or galaxy or something. Like, I think they say a hole in the space-time continuum formed and this guy slipped in. Yeah. He's just got amazing levels of superpower. Right. Um, I, I assume the reason to introduce him is that sounds like maybe where Swartz and Tsukiyomi's powers come from. Possibly? Who knows? Uh, I I have to, because, like, if they're from, like, outside of our realm, too, then that would go pretty far to explaining what's going on here. And otherwise, I have no idea why this guy would be here. I mean, they just needed to give Waz another form. Right, yeah, I guess they were tired of the future writers, even though I still like them. I really like Ginga though. I, I like his design. I like his aesthetic. I like his aesthetic is, on Waz. Yeah, you're right. Ginga is super cool. He's a really good writer villain. I I love that. Just like any move he does is like he summons like a planet hologram that's like super cool and strong. I was interpreting it as like a gravity field. Like his like whenever he like does a physical motion, he like creates a gra- like a gravitational force field that emphasizes the action. Also cool. Yeah, I they mean, just I... happen to look like planets a lot. Yeah, I guess that's true. They do just kind of look like little planets, like uh, translucent planets. 
I really like him. He's really cool. I like the it, design. It is kind of funny because, like, the plot of the episode is happening in other places, and then a meteor crashes into a mountain, and all the characters are just there. They're just there at the mountain. Well, I mean, regardless of where they were before, because like you know, Ginga came. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a giant like meteor crash into the side of this mountain. Uh, the walls of the like the the side of it that isn't buried goes down, and a guy who looks. Okay, do you want to describe Common Rider Ginga? It's kind right. of like he's extremely like retro-y. Yeah, so so he's got like a helmet that's a UFO thing. And um he's got a cape and he's got like a chest piece and it's got like planets on it. And he's purple and starry and like cosmic-y, and I love him. Yeah, and he do, he constantly does these like um it looks like when when they represent like uh oh like tai chi or what was the thing that the guy in it man did uh i don't remember wing chun yeah like when when they represent tai chi or wing chun and it's like these circle motions that are like not extremely forceful but they create these big effects with his gravitational force and like are constantly throwing people off everywhere but yeah, that's pretty cool. His suit actor does a good job. Yeah, it's re- he's really cool. Yeah, and the, Possibly... the visual effects team just kind of has a ball, just making giant rainbow sparkles <laughs> around the sky all the time. I love the effects they put on him so much. <laughs> yeah, it's really good because they're extremely corny. Like, I would not be, it would not have been weird if this exact same visual effect was in Kamen Rider Kuga. They probably could have done it. (laughs) It just works so well here. Yeah, it's remarkably effective. Like, the only thing that maybe could have made him better was if he had, like, some cool toy weapon. Oh, yeah, I guess he doesn't really have, like, a signature toy weapon. And, And there's not, like, a setting on the, on... Waz's staff for him either oh yeah I guess that's true well yeah he's just kind of inherently awesome so that's that is part true. of his uh aw- part of like his you know the fact he's like a shift in power in the show when he comes in yeah cause uh their response to him is to turn into common writer Trinity and I mean Trinity has wiped the floor with literally everything it's come up against in the show and Trinity can't do shit against Ginga. <laughs> That's very true. I actually, uh, they do a really, the guy who does the suit acting for Kamen Rider Trinity does an amazing job in this sequence. Because, uh, as, as Kamen Rider Trinity is fighting Ginga, they do some cut-ins where part of the screen is taken over by either Gates, Waz, or Sogo as they, like, have some internal dialogue about how they're gonna deal with the situation. And when they have that actor on screen, like, in the cut-in, the suit actor mimics, mimics that actor's body language for the character. Yeah, it's So really he's good. having to shift around through the body language of three different characters. He does a really good job. I That's the sort of, I don't know, it's just like a subtle touch that I thought was really impressive. I'm, I'm glad that they fully commit to the gimmick. Right, right, right. Yeah, because otherwise it would, uh, Trinity would be lame if they didn't, like, go all the way with it. Yeah. 
Trinity would be lame if I wasn't absurdly silly. <laughs> right, they're they're fully committed to how silly it is. Which I'm fine with. Uh, but yeah, Ginga basically kicks Trinity's ass in this fight. Yeah. He's just, uh... It reminds me very... I don't know if this is what works as a comparison for you, but it reminds me of the first time they come up against Frieza in DBZ. Okay. Yep. There wasn't a Krillin to kill, though. Right, right. There's there's no... There, like, they don't randomly start killing off characters. Just... The power is on a whole different scale, even though, like, they've overcome so many other awesome things at this point. Gotcha. I, yeah, can, I can see that. That's kind of the end of episode 35, yeah. really? Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they kind of get beat up after... Yeah, it just ends with um, with Ginga shooting some big rainbow lasers at uh at Trinity. Yeah, it's Ginga being cool. Yeah, Ginga. Oh, I forgot. Better. I forgot the episode titles. Uh, this one was two thousand eight. First love. Wake up. And right. Uh, yeah, wake up from the the Kiva theme. Yep. And the next episode is called uh, twenty nineteen. First love. Finally. Right, because uh, the the finally thing is a pretty good pun, because, uh, yeah, at the end of this episode, Waz gets the Ginga powers, and it is common uh, Rider Waz Ginga finally. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, also, did you notice that when he does the little, like, projecting time thing for Ginga, there's, like, a little dial on yeah. the Ginga watch that looks rotatable? Yeah, there's three Ginga forms. Oh, okay, okay. I forgot that you probably already looked this up or saw toys of it or something. I did yeah, see I, toys of it. I know. I noticed a rotatable dial and was like more Ginga forms. Fuck yeah! They're not as like pronounced as you would want them to be. Probably. Eh, well, you know, it's hard to top you know that awesome first pop that they get from introducing such a different thing into the show. That's true. But okay, so beginning of episode thirty-six. Characters somehow teleport away from the magic, the giant rainbow explosions to like a, a spillway, and yeah. they're all exhausted from getting lasered, presumably. Yeah, they got beat up so hard they ended up in like an underground spillway. <laughs> so yeah, and then the time jackers show up and are like, "Hey, sup, alliance?" Yeah, yeah, this is when, yeah, Waz says, I think he's an anomaly that entered our time through a rift in space-time. And I'm like, this has got to be where the the Time Jacker's time powers come from, or else it would not make sense. I feel like it just probably won't make sense, and... <laughs> That's, I mean, now that I have watched several writer shows with you, I am fully prepared for that possibility. Yeah, at, at this point I'm like, That's fine. I'm like, I, I like the setup enough that I'm just like, alright, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it would make sense if they did that, but, you know, maybe they won't, and I'll just live with it in that case. Yep. And then, so they do that, and, like, Waz, or no, Swartz, like, smirks at the end, he's like, oh, but my secret plan is to take this power all along. And Waz is like, I saw that smirk, I immediately know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, Waz is like, do, do you think I'm a fucking idiot? We I figured this out immediately as soon as they showed up. So, um, to be fair, everybody else is a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They are all dumb and did not realize that this was Swartz's plan 
even though this is, I think, literally the third time he's done it. Yeah, more or less. They ha- they lack object permanence in terms of villain plans. Oh shit, we've made that joke before, and it might have been from this show. It it might have been. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. So after the intro, Queen Lady is getting her hair redone because it got mussed up in the fighting. Right, and then and then the group has to go bow to the queen. Yes, they meet on a set of stairs, and uh, Swartz uh, does some smoozing where he's trying to convince her to help them. Yep. And he, like, makes, uh, he makes Aura bow to her, and Gates doesn't want to bow to her either, so, so Tsukiyomi and Sogo have to make, like, make him bow to. Right. And she's like, okay, I'll help. And then is me, like, never mind. Yeah, actually, I'm not gonna help. And, uh, yeah, they're all like, what, what the fuck? What is going on with you? Yeah, and, like... They, they could uh, just probably take the answer care of her. is that she is just wackadoo, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> which she you com- know she does a good job of coming off as mysterious. So you know that's almost as good. Uh, I mean, I think it says something that our one female villain is just crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing. I do like her though; like she's fun. Yeah, but, like, problematic. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. Kiva. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I, Soko brings up his back, his, uh, his memory of the, the, the sailor, sailor Fuku lady. Yep, Miss Sailor. Yeah, Miss Sailor. And, uh, he's like, that was you, right? And she immediately is like, oh yeah, that was definitely me. Yeah. I actually really like that they muddle this at the end of the episode. I thought that that was like the part, the one part of the script where I was like, "Oh, that was genuinely clever." Yeah, that, like, but you know, you know, the end the end is real good. <laughs> so and um, also apparently that so goes other kink. <laughs> but yeah, G- Gates is like, "Look, there is no way that this lady is the the one that you fell in love with. That is too implausible." I am going back in the past to figure this the fuck out. <laughs> and Soko is just, like, eating a parfait and... Oh, no, he's drinking milk, right? He's drinking milk and bragging about how awesome he is and how lucky he is. Yeah. And uh, everyone teases him for calling... uh, For having remembered her as Miss Sailor for all these years. That's true. And I don't think I really get why that would be embarrassing for him to say it that way, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I like how his uncle is actually just encouraging him. Like, his uncle is not at all sarcastic or cynical the way everybody else is. He's just like, oh, you found that that girl that you had a crush on. Good for you, buddy. I mean, uncle's just there to be supportive and be a good uncle. Right. He he just wants good things for Sogo. I like him. He's good. So, but yeah, um... It'll, it'll be a shame when he secretly turns out to be the villain. Carrot. No. <laughs> uh, at this point, Tsukiyomi brings up, like, okay, if she didn't do it, then that raises the question of who committed the murder. Right. So, yeah, this is where Gates is, one, decides that he's just going to go use his time machine to go find out, because that's a thing that was always an option. Yeah, it generally is always an option. 
she confronts a guy. I think this was a judge. This is the judge in her trial, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the queen confronts the guy who was the judge. He's like doing jogging in a sporting stadium. They have had a couple fights in a sports stadium in Kiva. So they have. You know. It's it's like the one look. I mean, the sports stadium shows up a lot. It's it's actually a pretty commonly used set. I mean, I I guess it kind of makes sense as a set because like they don't get used that often. Like there isn't that much going on in a sports stadium most of the time. So like it definitely shows up in decade more than once. Yeah, I now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, if you're if you have to go somewhere where there aren't people and you have a fair amount of open space to stage visual effects, like you got the quarry and you got you know sports stadiums, almost as good, right? Kuga went to that uh, like uh, hockey rink. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was only in the last couple episodes. I mean, but they did it. That's true. That's true. But then I think your actors have to not slip on the ice, so, you know. Right, I mean. Adding some unnecessary extra complications for yourself there. I mean, I think you okay. just solved that by setting someone on fire. <laughs> uh, So while that is happening... uh. What Waz and the Time Jackers are dealing with Common Rider Ginga. Uh, he is shooting laser beams at civilians and setting things on fire. And yeah, they they're trying to stop that from happening, and they are not succeeding. But then they kind of do because it gets dark. Right. Uh, I do like his one named move is when all three of the Time Jackers shoot like time bullets at him, and he like gathers the power and fires it back at them. And there's a bit a voiceover that yells "Dynamite Sunshine." It's oh, like his a, one named move. That's a good name. That reminds me of a uh, Stoner Sunshine from Get a Robo. See, I, it reminded me of uh, like Double Sunday for that, like uh, when they named Raditz's attacks and the Dragon Ball Z fighting games. He had like they gave him all like weekend related attack names. <laughs> it just this reminded me of that for some reason. Okay. I can see that. My mind did just not go to that immediately. Uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about DPC so much today. I don't know. I haven't been like, watching it or anything. Okay, but anyway. Comrade Ganga is, uh, is wrecking shop uh, for a while until... How do they how do they take him out initially? If they do like atta- staggered attacks to where he can't block them all and then it gets dark. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, he gets hit by a spear explosion, or a lance explosion, and a time bullet at the same time. And, yeah, it shatters his little, like, chest orb thingy, mm-hmm. which m- makes him turn into a crystal cocoon. Right, to heal. Right, right. It is kind of funny, because, um, yeah, yeah apparently this only works because it's overcast, and when we come back to this, and the sun is out again, and he regenerates, they will give the- that's significantly later in the episode, and they give the impression that time has passed, but Waz and Schwartz are still standing in the exact same place. They were waiting. <laughs> like, they were just standing there, looking at his crystal cocoon thingy for several hours. They were waiting. Right. But, uh, before that happens, uh... Yeah, Gates shows up in the past, and... No, Gates does not show up in the past. Well, he does, and he's like, I still got an hour to kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's even more in the past, then. That's true. 
because what happens next is like Sogo has his confrontation with um another Kiva and then Jiro shows up and then they talk some. Right. Yeah, Jiro this is when Jiro is like, uh no, actually she's tricking you, man. Yeah. And Jiro's I, like, hey, um, she's actually awful around to the core, and uh here's the swatch. I was actually wondering if Jiro was lying at first, because, uh, I mean, Jiro does not seem like a super trustworthy person from what I've seen in Kiva so far. See, that's hard, because, like, in the past he's not, but it seems like in the future he's helping Kiva, so maybe he fixed it. He fixed himself. I guess maybe. Yeah, maybe he had, like, a major personality shift that we're still gonna see. Uh, I do like uh, his actor still does a pretty good job of coming off like a cool wolf guy. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, a decade later. It is clearly still the same actor, which I usually can't tell because I'm bad at picking people's faces out. But this guy is obviously the same guy. Yeah, he just didn't age in ten years. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm into it. He, do- he-, he does the thing with his sunglasses where he throws them to the side all the time. <laughs> I like how he, he doesn't just, like, uh, take them off dramatically. He literally throws them away. He's like, I'll get new sunglasses later, throws them away. <laughs> or, like, his one pair is just, like, really durable. <laughs> yeah, maybe he comes back later to pick them up. Um, so then Sogo is like, hey, um, promise me you won't go for revenge anymore. There are some pretty cool slow motion shots in here as, like, Sogo dives in front of her while transforming and uh, Jiro is leaping down on him while turning into his wolf form. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we 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 start the gimmick of Sogo protecting another Kiva and then, like, things get, like, super into heavy for, like, a minute. I do kind of like uh, Jiro's advice he gives Sogo here of, uh, a man really grows up after life gets its fangs into him. That's both a cool thing to say, and also like a vampire oh. pun. Well, so. I think it was more of a wolf pun. Well, yeah, wolf slash vampire pun. You know, it's just good all around. It's a good line. Yeah, it worked on levels. <laughs> it's got layers. Okay, so Sukiyomi is out in the countryside in a log cabin with the guy who was. Um, the queen's boyfriend back when all the the murder happened he's apparently met a new person and they're getting married tomorrow but they know that yuko is out and they're scared of her yeah which is fair yeah because um as we learn quickly i think yeah pretty much in this scene uh gates sees that she did do those murders (gasps) yeah it, that Tsukiyomi and Gates find out at the same time in the episode, but obviously Gates is in the past. Yeah, so he four looks... years apart, five uh, years apart. No, it is four years apart. Yeah, four years. It? Yeah, it's in twenty fifteen. Uh, she she bludgeoned the lady to death with a manhole cover, which again grim, but also kind of hilarious. She's I, just got a thing for manhole covers. I. I kind of want just like a D&D character that uses manhole covers as weapons. <laughs> uh, did you do that one character who was just like shield themed and you just used a shield for everything? Um, That was a dungeon world setting. Oh, okay. But 
I did kind of do that, but I, there was also like a knife in the shield, so like it wasn't like just shields. It, it would be kind of fun to have a character who used a shield as like a shovel and like a cooking pot, and just like anything you could plausibly use a shield for. Like shields are the most. Ver- I, I mean, I guess I'm describing that di- that joke from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with towels. Yeah. <gasps> But see, now I'm just picturing a character that. that just has, like, different shapes and sizes of shields. <laughs> and it's not just one, they just have a bunch, but they use it for everything. Or one of them for everything. <laughs> That'd be a fun character. It does sound pretty amusing, yeah. Uh, so, uh, even though both the boyfriend character and Gates were apparently standing there... Uh, they both just watched the lady get bludgeoned to death with a manhole cover. But neither of them felt the need to do anything about it. So, I think... Well, okay, so Gates technically shouldn't rewrite the past. Really? Is that a rule? I don't think that's ever been a rule, Garrett. We're gonna say it's a rule. <laughs> uh, I, on the one hand, I do think it would be kind of funny if Gates was like, I can't save her. That would just make the plot line that is we've already had an ap- episode and a half of way too complicated. Yeah. And then I think the boyfriend, like, he he showed up, like, after it happened, because he was walking up with, like, flowers and stuff. So then That's, I just... It's more plausible. It looks like he's just standing there, but I think the idea is supposed to be that he walks up after she's been bludgeoned to death. Yeah. But, and I mean, then... w- what's Gates' excuse? Like... He could have done something. Well, no, he was too far back. He knew a murder was going to happen, though. Right, but he was too far back and he couldn't get there. And we've established you can't go back in time to see yourself again because that causes problems. Right, but that just raises the question of why he wasn't hiding closer. So he could have done something about it immediately because he knew a murder was going to happen. Well, maybe he didn't know the exact location. I mean, that seems implausible. It was doc. They released the police reports and stuff. I mean, do the police reports give you know latitude and longitude? Maybe. Maybe. They should have described where the body was found at least. I mean, but I mean, there's still like the point where I, like he needs to he he's, needs to be like hidden. I think Gates fucked this one up. That's all I'm saying. Okay, sure. I, I'm I'm pro going. I'm pro stopping murders from happening in the past i mean are they allowed to mess with time that isn't rider related it has never come up because it raises too many questions yeah so anyway um uh okay yeah so after that we cut back to the future and all the guys that uh yuko is it yuko or you know i think it's yuko yeah all, all the guys that yuko had been threatening are standing in a little circle in the rain, uh, and she just shows up and she just murders them all. Yep. I, I guess she just hadn't gotten around to that before, but yeah, she just just needles like a uh, fingernail needles them all to death instantly. Yeah, she does like a fangar thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't expect. Like, why didn't you just kill them all before? But well, because she got interrupted. I guess that's true. And then Sogo runs up and is like, hey, you said you weren't going to do that. Remember? And then you were like, you know, I, I could be your king. You could be my queen. And we could have, like, children. And those were all I things was, that happened. It's like I was really into that plan. 
And she was really here's... into something there. <laughs> and she's got kind of an interesting monologue here. This, I don't know. I, I felt like, was this quoting something or a reference to something? But uh, she says, like, you can uh, you can blame it on the rain. Uh, my mother, when I was born, said it was raining when I was born, and it's been raining ever since. That might be, like, a superstition thing. Uh, it sounds like a movie line or something. It could be. The implication is just that, sure, her entire life has been, like, dogged by misfortune or something, which does not seem to be the case. I mean, if you step back... It kind of is where she just like believes like these these lies that she has where she's doing opposite things. Right, but the the blame it on the rain kind of implies like bad things kept happening to her and she just kept doing bad things. But it's okay. Sogo will be her umbrella. Uh yeah. Uh Sogo says he will be her umbrella. Um yeah, at the, I think this is when Tsukiyomi runs up and is like, uh, hey, she's a murderer, man. Yeah. 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 yeah which he, he should know, because he just saw her do those murders. So I'm not really sure why this sways him. Yep. But, uh, yeah, okay. Maybe just the fact that she did two separate murders is like, okay, not even my horniness can overcome that. <laughs> I, man, I I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, everybody okay. is like just kind of like weirdly out of character for these episodes. Just it like is, for convenience really of the plot, I, I it is kind of this one's sad to me because like I've really been enjoying Zio lately. And when I saw the preview for these ones, I was like super hyped. Like, I was extremely excited at what we were going to get out of, like, an homage to to Kiva. <laughs> I and, mean, like, what we got was just too much of an homage. Like, they kind of didn't really, they didn't really do a good job with that. I, 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 I mean, they did a great job of emulating <laughs> Kiva. <laughs> uh, okay, if, if I was being harsh, I might agree with you. <laughs> like, the design work, incredible, top notch. Best ever in the series, possibly. Story, yeah, pretty freaking shaky, if we're being honest. Yeah, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a letdown, especially because we think we came out of a, of a pretty good streak. Like, I wasn't here for the Hibiki one. I assume both of you were pro Hibiki. Oh yeah, yeah, we really like the Hibiki one. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It was, it yeah, was like good. Uh, I liked it. The ones with the future writers were all really fun, and then I like the Hibiki one, the Agito one. Um, what else was on there? It was like a couple more in there. I but... still stand by. I think the wizard arc is still the best one yet. The wizard arc was probably the best, like homage arc. I think, like in terms of involving the like the stuff from like the themes of that show. But yeah, yeah some of the recent ones have been super good. Oh, the blade one. the The blade one was really good too. Yeah. Um. So so Ginga happens again. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Sun comes out, Genghis, uh cocoon breaks, and he starts wrecking shop again. Yep. And then... Sorry, it took a second. I had to figure out, like, in the time in the timeline, where did things happen? Because they defeat Ginga before they defeat Kiva. This one, yeah, this one's kind of weird, because... Okay, so Ginga c- comes back alive and starts attacking Waz and Schwartz again, and... 
they just like fly around a corner and are in the same location as the confrontation that was happening between Sogo, uh, y- uh, y- Yuno, Yuko. Yeah. yeah. So Sogo, Yuko, and and uh, Gates, like they're just all in the same location now. Yeah. So they go and fight Ginga real quick. Basically, they do a really cool thing where. They all throw their weapon at Ginga, and Ginga only has two hands, so he can only you, stop two of hold them. Hold on. B- before that happens, uh, we do see ZO2 briefly, which we haven't seen in a while. They, they use their, their second forms. But as as uh, Sogo is about to take a fatal, like, sparkle blast from Ginga, Yuko oh, dr- jumps yeah. in to block it with the another manhole cover. Yeah. You know, a, a queen a queen has her whims. So that was number four. Yep. Uh, there is sorry, one more. Right. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, then uh, they do the triple weapon throw into a triple rider kick, and it's super yes. cool. Yeah, they all have to kick their weapons into his body. And this does enough damage that he, he pops into a watch. Yeah. Which Swartz tries to take, but then Waz shows up and is like, no, 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 this is mine. Right. It's kind of weird because it looks like his power or what something is like being beamed away from the earth. Like he turns into a giant shaft of light that is like coursing away from the earth's surface. Well, maybe when he dies, his energy is sent back to his own dimension. Possibly. But yeah, the watch with his power in it still stays here, so... Right, because yeah. that, that's time-jacker magic. Yeah, uh, Waz uses his scarf magic to get the watch, which we haven't seen in a while. I'm glad yep. you still got that. As am I. Uh, and Swartz looks mildly annoyed about this setback, which is weird, because it seems like it would be a really major setback to him, but he doesn't seem that worried about it. Hmm... I mean, who really knows what he's up to? Because, like, his whole thing was setting up Sogo, apparently. Right, yeah. Okay, so no- that's the Ginga plotline resolved, basically. Uh, so next we cut to the interior of a chapel where uh, Yuko's old boyfriend and his new wife are walking down the aisle, having apparently just been married. I mean, presumably. We didn't see it happen, but... Yeah, they probably got married. <laughs> probably. Uh, so Yuko shows up in a red dress, uh, complaining about how his new girlfriend looks. She looks so nice, and it's so nice that you found a new person. And then the camera cuts to her, and she's holding a fucking manhole cover. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then the the Scooby Gang comes in. Right. And then Yuko throws the manhole cover, and Gates apparently catches it. Right, I, I do, they don't, because she throws it at the camera, and they don't show what happened to it for a minute, until the camera cuts back to the gang, and you see that Gates was just holding it for a minute there. I like to think that he caught it. I, he must have. Because he I drops feel, it on the ground immediately. Yeah, I feel like that's a badass Gates thing he'd do. Yeah, it is kind of fun when they give Gates, they don't give Gates little moments very often, so I, I always like it when they do that. Yeah, Gates is, like, good now. Finally. I, I do like Gates now, yeah. It took a while, but we got there. Yeah, they use Revive Fury and Shinobi and, uh... What, what form does Sogo use? Uh, Sogo, he's just in... Isn't he using regular Zio again? Yeah. 
Cause yeah, because he... he's thinking about using the Kiva armor, and he, like, pulls it out and twists it, and is like, eh. But love. And, uh, yeah, Gates and Waz are fighting the side monsters up until it's clear that Sogo is clearly not going to do his job here. So Waz runs in and uses his new Ginga powers. Yep. And he, like, takes... Yoko to another universe and Nick explodes her. <laughs> uh, his his uh rider belt yell is pretty great. Uh, projecting finally time, the glitter galaxy, yeah. a final frontier fantasy. It's Waz really good. Ginga, finally, finally. Waz Ginga great. finally is good. <laughs> Get it? Because it's his final form. Finally. I I do like how he says Paramount in the universe, Ginga finally, and he's like. I did have a longer thing going, but I understand we're in a hurry here, so I settled for a short celebration this time. I, I, I love that, that Gates learned from his character growth last arc. I know, right? Yeah. He's Elaborateness of celebration is not always the most important thing. Sometimes, you know, it is a good time and place. Uh, but yeah, so he, yeah, he does basically, like, Sephiroth's attack from Final Fantasy VII. Okay, that's exactly what I thought, too, so I'm glad <laughs> we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah, he t- teleports another another uh, Kiva into space and does a super kick that uh, knocks her out of the transformation and breaks the another watch. Yep. And then Sogo runs up and holds her as she's injured, and then Aura's like, pew, and then yeah. she's dead. Yeah, at first I was like, uh, so is he gonna just have to deal with the fact that she's, like, a bad person and he he's gonna, like, have to realize that his, he's not a good judge of character? And, like, well, not really, because, yeah, Aura time bullets her to death at this point. Yeah, because Aura is upset about that, because that's the thing. So, yeah, I guess now he has another reason to do his whole be an emperor and protect people thing, because this lady won't thought that he should do it. Yeah, sure. So, that's kind of an unnecessary addition to Sogo's story. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he's sad. Right, right. They, they eat more pie and still cannot keep it in their mouths and off their faces. Right. Sogo is so depressed he cannot enjoy the pie. But yeah, uh, this was the thing we mentioned is like the one bit of the script that I thought was genuinely clever. Like Sogo decide, you know, he goes out for a walk to try and you know shake off the his fe- bad feelings. Uh, he and while he's out, like there's a lady. She's got a broken bike. He helps her like fix the chain on the bike, and she does the same thing, uh, of like you know saying like, "Oh, you're cute," and you know rides away. And he, she does, she like touches his chin the same way that's in his memory, and he's like, "Oh, maybe she wasn't that person." Like I, I thought leaving it ambiguous, like we don't like this doesn't mean that this lady is that person, or that other lady was that person. You know, it's not important who that person was. So, um, th- that one is actually the person, though. Really? Yeah. Is that, do they confirm that in a future episode? I or? think it's confirmed in the wiki. Okay, well, wiki also, is not canon. Also, that's the same actress that is Yuri and Kiva. Wait, really? 
Yeah. Oh, that okay. Also, that also, she's Sailor Jupiter in the Sailor Moon musicals. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, in the stage musicals? Yes. Oh, okay. I wonder in which run. Because not the uh, 2013, 2015. Really? Huh. Huh. Yeah, because I've seen, I, uh, I think, uh, yeah, we've seen those. They're pretty good, actually. The lady who does Sailor Jupiter is good in those. Yeah, that's cool. Yuri from Kiva. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Uh, Which I okay, that's would I, at not first have I was noticed. like, it is kind of cool that it's ambiguous. I mean, whether the wiki says it isn't or not, like that's fine. But that's also cool that it's it's Yuri from Kiva, so it's a nice touch. But yeah, I like that ending, and uh, yeah, that was the end of that episode. Yep. Oh, I, I forgot about the they show a hand catch the Kabuto thingy. Oh yeah, Kabuto's next, whatever. Yeah, that's the the actual last shot, but I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh I don't know anything about Kabuto and the preview doesn't really indicate what to expect. Uh I'm just expecting Beatles, I guess. Um gotta go fast. Kabuto's about being fast. Yeah. I thought, but they already have Drive and Fize. I thought those were about being fast. Uh, well, Fize is only sometimes about being fast, because that's, that's his upgrade, and that's how they figured out how to do the effect. Oh, And then okay. was like, what if we did that effect for the entire season? <laughs> okay. Also, like, technically, Kabuto is supposed to be faster than Fize, but it's never actually played right. <laughs> okay, but yeah. I mean, we, okay, so we covered the plots of those ones. Did I, like, skip anything that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Yeah, we. I think we were pretty thorough. Those were, I... uh, yeah, not up to the standards that I've been having for Zeo lately. They weren't, like, bad exactly. The fights were fun. I really like Ginga. Design works good. But, yeah. I was the just... script was a little bit thinner than the last few have been, honestly. That was kind of disappointing. I was disappointed with the Kiva stuff, but Kiva stuff, so that's a thing. Also, I just really wanted to see what happened to Wataru. Wataru and Sogo seemed like they would play off each other so well. Probably true. Uh, the Ginga stuff I really liked, which is weird because like, they don't go into it at all, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> it is so bizarrely random. I did oh, have you, uh, did you see that, um, the weird tangent that'll circle back around, I think. Did you see that, uh, Toei Spider-Man is gonna be in Into the Spider-Verse 2? Hell yeah, I did. That's great. That is um, great. <laughs> but it just, uh, it got me thinking, the Ginga stuff was, reminded me of, in that first episode of Toei Spider-Man, where just, they just randomly introduce absolutely ludicrously bizarre elements of the setting just every three minutes or so. The first episode of Toei Spider-Man is, is amazing. It It's genuinely amazing. I really love it. The best part is just when, like, halfway through the episode, it's been going at a breakneck <laughs> fucking pace the entire time. Seriously, they're just introducing crazy thing after crazy thing over and over again. And then it slows down 
for the only long take, long scene, emotional acting beat in the entire episode as, like, this guy mourns a dying alien who he, like, never knew. And they have this real emotional connection that's, like, the center of why you become Spider-Man. And it's, like, it's so, such a drastic total shift. I feel like they do, like, this weird shot to get, like, the shadow of a spider during it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's super good. Uh, yeah. I, we should watch the rest of Toy Spider-Man sometime. We, I yeah. I think I've talked to before. I, I, th- I prob- we probably have a bit on record about how great I thought that first episode of Spider-Man was. Because it's just wild. It is. I, ah, Toy spider It's a very special thing, and I love it. Right, right. Yeah, I saw a thing, it was, uh, oh god, I think it was, it, it, there was like a, a couple people on Japanese Twitter doing meme posts about an emissary from hell, and like, you know, doing the Spider-Man pose, because oh, everyone's so excited good. about Spider-Verse 2. I'm very excited. Yeah. Like, toy Spider-Man, and like, Spider-Man 2099, and I am a happy person. Yep, yep. I mean, the first one was great, so as long as yeah. the second one's, you know, at least, I mean, they don't, it could be worse, and it'd still be a great movie, basically, so. That's true. But yeah, we should probably wrap it up. We uh, probably should. I need to go play more Death Stranding. Uh, of course you do. Yeah, I have packages to deliver, and beach BTs to avoid. You, you know this is basically just if Kojima made America Truck, uh, American Truck Simulator, right? <laughs> well, um, just to, from playing through a few minutes of the intro, me and Rachel were talking and like, this is clearly a lot of the stuff they had left over from their plans for Silent Hills. Like, Maybe. It's it, just a lot of the horror imagery is really affecting and cool. And I, and, you know, Del Toro plays a character in the first 10 minutes of the game. I have to imagine that this was some of the stuff they were talking about when they were, you know, brainstorming that project. Probably. I will play some video game. I don't know. I beat the Outer Worlds, so I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Ah, uh, yeah. I really, I need to, I really do want to play that. I will get around to it. It was good. I liked it. It's my favorite Fallout game. <laughs> I like Obsidian RPGs a lot. I have heard, like, there's been some rumblings about, like, problems with the studio lately but you know outer worlds is good you know oh no it it, like exceeded expectations yeah no i didn't mean in performance of the game like in terms of they like there's been some management personnel tensions that i was thinking about the other day damn anyway outer worlds is good makes good rpgs i hope that i hope vampire masquerade 2 turns out great like the first one is like one of my all-time favorite games, so I hope I, it's like. Should, should I play that? Like, is that possible to play in 2019? Oh, you've never played Bloodlines? I've I've like started like watching every LP there was of it, and there's been a lot of starts of the LPs for it. Do you just not think the setting's interesting, or uh, no? I think the setting's. I just think it looks really janky. Oh, it is super janky. I mean, if you don't like jank in your games, then you probably don't want to play it. But there are, like, if you go on Steam, I think, like, one of the top forum posts is about the, uh... The mod pack. The mod patch that, like, makes the game pretty much work. 
Yeah, I know there's stuff that like fixes a lot of like the abilities and stuff. It's actually it's extremely similar to um Knights of the Old Republic 2 where like there's one patch that pretty much makes it work like it should. So, I I I was like fine with like base Kotor 2. I mean, base Kotor 2 it it can be janky and there are a few point like connecting points in it that are broken if you find them, but mostly there was a lot of story content right. that was disabled yeah. but yeah anyway this was a podcast on the internet before we just oh, yeah. turn into yeah, a games writer. podcast <laughs> um, yeah we'll, we'll talk video games some other time that's true we, we say that but we never will i mean i don't know yeah um podcast internet journey through decacast.com links M- maybe uh m- maybe for the uh at, at the beginning of january we should do uh like a special episode where we talk about like best game like our favorite games the last year or something and i don't even know what i do that i've played a lot of good games this year yeah it would be hard for me to pick two but you know that's the point yeah i mean my the, the last game i played is probably my favorite game that i played <laughs> I'm not actually sure what my favorite game I've played this year was. Code Vein was super good. I, I was really surprised how much I liked Code Vein. Code Vein is good, but The Surge 2 is amazing. Mm-hmm. The Surge 2 is so good, Chris. We'll, we'll save it for our upcoming year-end video it's not game happen. You know top it's not 10 happen. episode. You know it's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, probably not. I know they thought I was joking, but I really do keep a list of the derails that they joke about making later, so I will get on them to try and create this, folks, at home. Um, outro, website, Twitter, emails, things. Thanks for being patient with us this week. Yep. I I am back. I am not dead. We are getting back onto the metaphorical horse of recording. Right, yeah. I did see that Evan had been, like, had downloaded and played at least a little bit of Death Stranding, so I'm wondering if that's why he wasn't around to record. No, he he's just just tired. He gets up super early. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I, I was just, you know, he actually had stuff going on. I had, like, a, I, I drove eight hours uh, twice this week. I hated it. Oh, but that's, like, the perfect time to get podcasts done. Yeah, but it's... Okay, well, Monday I had to drive to Okay, you know what? We should probably end this podcast first. Okay. <laughs> I've already caught up on all my podcasts. I'm not... I need to find a new one. Okay. Fletch, make make it sound good. <laughs> yeah, Kay. this is uh, fine, right? Yeah. Okay, thanks, bye. This. It's all good content. Uh, just okay, been I'm hitting a- stop now. Okay, we've just been a passing through podcast... You've probably already remembered this.